August 18th through the August 17th through the 18th. On the train again. This one is really posh. Just had a really good breakfast. Delicious rolls. Usually it's just a slice of bread. Went on a hiking tour in the Urals yesterday. Chuck and Chris from the train and I were on the trip. The Urals are not big. In fact, you would not even know they are mountains. They rise gradually, but really no peaks or ridges to speak of. Just a big bump between Asia and Europe. We crossed into Europe. Uh, with very pretty forests, though. Pine. While... Uh, wa pine... Uh, wild birch and aspen. Walked about six miles, I'd guess. Part of it along a river that had these funky elevated walkways. The walk was good for me because I'm still in a bit of a fog from the vodka. This morning boarded my last leg to Moscow. We are going through the Urals now. Lots of pretty trees. Just past a very pretty lake with summer homes, dakshas, dakas, and lots of people kayaking. Also a few factory towns. Lots of industry in the Urals. Met a hilarious guy, Joe and his wife in the dining car. The world is filled with characters. He's retired at 39, plastic surgeon, and lives in Thailand. He went to Stanford and practiced in the Bay Area. He is licensed to carry small arms because of the cocaine and morphine he was re required to carry uh, in his last profession. He is a licensed Buddhist monk. Uh, wanted to find himself and told me how they have scientifically proven that some kids were reincarnated. And he is going to Moscow to take a ride on a MiG fighter into outer space. He asked if I wanted to join him. He said they asked for 12000 but he got them down to 8000 Unbelievable. Time for a nap and Moscow tomorrow. I am really excited to see Moscow. Because of the Cold War, never knew if I'd get there and always seemed like a forbidden place in the capital of that other world, the Soviet Union. August 19th. I'm really enjoying my time in Russia. Moscow is fascinating. Went to the Red Square yesterday and was thrilled. So awesome to be standing right where Brezhnev used to review those parades that I remember from my childhood. Very, very cool. A highlight for sure. I remember the uh, trees so clearly from TV and they look exactly the same. The city tour was really good. The guy told us so much. Learned more from him than in poli-sci classes. Learned about the Yukos deal and how Putin is buddies with the Chelsea owner. Uh, we saw his Siberian oil office. And how Putin is prosecuting businessmen for past black market crimes. Yeltsin made oral deals with these guys because they were the only businessmen after the fall of communism and the country needed them. Guide thinks it's amoral what Putin is doing. About seven tower, we saw about... He talked about the seven towers Stalin built, modeled after towers in the Kremlin wall, uh, spread throughout the city. Very pretty building, buildings, not towers. 
uh, university is, is one and huge. And buildings where Stalin housed party members and then shot 400 of the 500 families. Creepy to see it. Um, his name is Mud here. How, um, how Khrushchev was and is remembered fondly. Um, he fought against communism as a cult slash religion, more of an ethic. About the events at the White, he told us about the events at the White House in ninety one and ninety three, and that Yeltsin seems to be remembered fondly. Saw the White House and um, New Duma. Saw the Bolshoi Street with old mansions. Some of the rare old buildings when Napoleon invaded, the city was burned. Even a huge one where the French troops um, aggregated. Um, that I read about in War and Peace, or congregated, I don't know what I'm saying, congregated, I guess, and much, much more, way cool, went out last night to a bar called The Duck, where girls dance on the bar, and a few tops were taken off, wasn't that cool, because most of the girls are paid, made to look like patrons, but not, but I saw some patrons in just bra, <laughs> at end of the night, and had some hilarious review of these 200 to 300 pound women belly dancing and such, culminating in a YMCA finale. Oh my God, I don't even remember that. How could I forget that? I, I mean, I honestly don't even remember that. That is insane. I guess I vaguely remember that. <laughs> um. Arriving on the train yesterday was an adventure. With some basic directions, I braved the metro. It's massive and no English, only Cyrillic, and no station names on walls, but I made it very proud. I passed my stop, and luckily the girl next to me spoke some English and helped me, about one in a million chance. It was rush hour and the trains were totally packed. My backpack was a major pain. She said, quote, You don't know any Russian and you ride the metro? You are very brave, end quote. <laughs> or very stupid. Either that, oh, either that or very stupid. Wow, I still think exactly the same. Forgot to mention what he said about Brezhnev, the guide. They thought he was a fool. It did more to discredit communism than anyone with awarding himself the star each year and his 30-minute TV speech each night. The guide's father would listen each night and after each of Brezhnev's statements say, lie, lie, lie. <laughs> and now we get to do the same with our dear leader. Also about the new freedom. Good for those who exercise the freedom Mostly the young, but the older generation is too used to having decisions made for them. Too many decisions to make now. August 20th through the 24th. So much to write. I have been remiss because I need to get a new journal. On the 20th, walked around more, 
got cool Soviet-era posters, and went out to Propaganda, where I met Chris and Chuck. They turn this restaurant into a uh, dance floor, and they are moving the tables away. People are already getting up and dancing. Really enjoyed the techno mix they were playing for the first hour. We went to this couple's apartment and hung out for a while. Amazing how nice it was inside. Totally remodeled and outside looked like a dump. Trained it the next night to St. Petersburg. Slept so well. On the way in taxi to train station, saw the results of a car crash and a guy was sprawled out dead in the driver's seat of one of these small Russian cars. It was horrible. They don't cover the body. Horrible to see. Makes you think about what happens when you die and made me think about how tenuous life is. St. Petersburg was pretty, but just don't, didn't feel like Russia uh, since I have seen the whole place now. I did the Hermitage in just over an hour. The state rooms were impressive. They are so ornate, gold trim all over, marble columns, malachite, uh, saw the throne room, banquet room, gold columns, hall of 1812, about 200 paintings of the Russian officers from that war. Impressive because you see the faces of faces of the war, at least the officers. And uh, the Malachite room, Malachite columns and gold trim, where the communists arrested parliament in 1917. Also the European 19th and 20th century painters. I also saw the Pushkin Museum in Moscow had less artwork, but from the same guys and better because less people and you could walk uh, right up to them. Also saw lots of Rodin in Hermitage, um, like poet and muse in marble. Flew out that afternoon on a Russian 737, made it out just before my visa expired and went through holding pattern hell before landing in Berlin. Got in a taxi, a Mercedes. They are all Mercedes with nice, nice leather, modern interior, and rode to my hotel through the former East Berlin. Talk about a culture shock. Holy moly. The buildings and neighborhoods are so nice and clean. The place is dripping with money. So completely different than Russia. It feels like a height of civilization. It is even more impressive than the USA. The Germans do something right. How is it they can have modern, really nice Mercedes as taxis? Socialism doesn't account for it. You still need to pay for them. They must be um, incredibly efficient in design and manufacturing and place of value on nice stuff. Staying at a great hostel called Circus and went on a three and a half hour walking tour yesterday. Saw the wall and bought a piece of the wall. Went out last night. The recent history here is amazing. Very weird walking around and seeing the drastic changes since the wall has come down. A true testament to the ways of the West. On the tour, learned that Berlin is a melting pot of different cultures. A local expat from California confirmed this, said the social climate is much more culturally understanding here than in the U.S. Had an idea last night. Every four years, each country sends a hundred of its citizens around the world on around-the-world trips, one-year trips. They go wherever they want, but have to visit 25 countries. Then they come back and have a conversation and submit some um, laws, recommendations, 
um, to the United Nations. Then, fi- then a final set goes to the UN for review. UN mess passed one each time. Having a great time traveling now. Really appreciating it. 24. Okay, a lot to cover there. We just finished my second journal. This is the one with the uh, Aborigine uh, uh, cover. So yeah, a lot of lot of stuff happened in Russia. Um, so I made it to where well, the Urals were, you know, unimpressive, but interesting nonetheless. Went on a little day trip through the forest with Chris and uh, Chuck, and uh, we got to Moscow that uh, uh, the next morning. I remember passing some huge town at nighttime, a river and everything, and uh, anyway going over a bridge. I remember it was a big city, millions of people. I would have been interesting to know which one that is. But we got into Moscow in the morning and we were just so like grimy and tired. And and I remember getting off that train, just like just being wiped out. I think the whole train trip, including uh, further on up to St. Petersburg was like seven nights. Um, and I think I did it in about two weeks, but with my stops. Um, and then I remember you go into the subway system right from the train station, and the subway was cool. They had these huge um, escalators. First of all, they were nice. They had like nice um, hanging uh, chandelier lights, and these escalators that you know, like eight of them, you know, abreast and going up and with well lit and really cool. But it was really a challenge to figure out where to go because. Um, of the Cyrillic and the stations didn't have names. And I mean, I, I don't know how I made it to my hostel. Um, and I stayed in this hostel that was in one of the Soviet era, um, apartment complexes because that's all there is. And, um, it was sort of on the outskirts of town. I mean, you know, still in, in, uh, Moscow, Moscow is a very large city geographically and population wise. So it was interesting seeing like the regular people just walking around, you know, going to and from work. Um, and it was close to a subway station. Um, and it just had a little room, you know, with a small little bed. And, uh, you know, it just felt like you were transported back in time because nothing had really changed um, from the Soviet days in terms of the amenities. And um, uh, and then I would subway it into downtown and, you know, went on some tours. And I loved going to Red Square because I'd seen it as a kid on TV with Brezhnev and the Cold War and all their parades and you know and i remember these trees they have the i think they're like spruce trees or something in there you know by lenin's tomb and um yeah that was a trip to be standing there really was and um and to see the um you know the onion domes or the onion um in the in red square there i forget the name of the basilica saint basil's basilica you know, and I always wondered where that came from, and here's that that style and why it was so Asian. And the reason for it is, I since later read, is that uh, Russia has always had a connection with Constantinople or uh, you know Istanbul, that whole region, because um, the uh, Vikings did a lot of their invading along that river that runs. Um, I don't know what this river is called. I can't remember at the moment. But, it, you know, it, there's a river that goes north to south all the way down um, or different tributaries all the way down to Constantinople. And so the Vikings um, established trading posts uh, all up and down. And they raided the local people and made them slaves. And that's if you've ever heard of the ethnic term called a Slav. 
um, that's that's the the the, the uh, root of that word is slave, and and so all the Slavic people, the Russians are Slavs, um, and therefore the um, you know and the Vikings became the rulers, and uh, and and so they always had a connection. The Vikings were very connected to Constantinople, and therefore there was always this. Um, Influence this region of influence of, of the south there, and, and there is to this day. Um, so anyway, that hence that's and those were the architectural, uh, I believe, uh, style stylings of of that uh, uh, Middle East Constantinople region, if I am not mistaken. Anyway, I digress. Uh, but seeing seeing you know uh, Moscow itself and the various architecture, those Stalin towers were were something I'd never known about. They were very prominent. You know, just seeing like the apartment building where Stalin housed all the, all his um, staff, so he could keep an eye on them and ultimately kill four hundred out of five hundred. And um, you know, went to the uh, museum there at the Kremlin where they have all the Fabergé eggs and the the glittery gold stuff. It's pretty impressive. And just the whole Kremlin itself is very impressive. Walking around there, and um, uh, what else? Oh, the tour guide. You know, hearing all about the politics. So, what was going on at that point in time? A little bit of history on Russia post uh, fall of the Soviet Union. Um, you know, Russia was a centrally planned economy, and so you know whether it was coal, uh, oil production, agriculture, zinc, aluminum, mining. You know, energy, blah blah blah, uh, lumber, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It was all centrally planned, and so what happened after the fall? It was chaos, and the strong, you know, the the um, king of the jungle, if you will, uh, the most ruthless, brutal people, essentially grabbed these industries and made them their own, and they became fabulously wealthy. And so, uh, as the Soviet Union kind of went through this transition from communism to democracy, it wasn't. A, 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 a sharp line, you know, the, the commie, communists held on for a while, the lawmakers, until Yeltsin came to power. And then he, there was really a, that was really a point of of a change. Um, but the economy was so bad at that point that he had, Yeltsin had to cut a deal with the oligarchs. They were the only ones that had money. So he legitimized their ownership of these industries that they had stolen in exchange for money. And when Putin came to power just after Yeltsin, and Yeltsin was an alcoholic, by the way, and really couldn't govern that well, Yeltsin comes to power, little devious, you know what, that he is, but obviously very capable. What he does is he starts taking control, you know, because you can't have a country of run by these oligarchs. You could, but he didn't want that. So he started arresting them and killing them and basically... Uh, putting them under his control. And, and essentially the deal was, I will let you be an oligarch, I will let you live, <laughs> and I will let you be an oligarch, but you're my oligarch. And now Putin is the richest man in the world, apparently, because he, he takes money from all these industries. So that's what you got. It's basically a mafia operation. Um, but at the time, there was this one of these very wealthy and well-known oil uh, companies, Yukos. The head of it, I forget his name, Cock... Korchevsky, I can't remember, it starts with a K. I, uh, he was challenging Putin. He was going to run for office. And Putin arrested him and put him in jail for 20 years. He just got out. And at any rate, so that was, that was, that was happening. And it was really interesting to hear our guide talk about all this very freely. 
The other thing that was interesting to me was the, the difference in the freedoms, that the younger generation liked it, but the older generation did not. And they, they liked the um, stability of, of having at least a place to live and a job, which is very interesting. So they were, they were okay with trading freedom for uh, you know, a roof over their head, essentially, and guaranteed um, work with a cap on it that you can't really, you know, go, you can't make a lot of money. So I found that interesting that they really pined. They, they really liked the old days, a lot of the old folks. And, um, and just to hear things about, you know, what they thought of Stalin, they didn't like him, what they thought of, um, um, I'm, I'm blanking on, um, the guy after Stalin, but they liked him. And one thing he did was, um, Khrushchev, he he really did a big building campaign. He, he built a lot of those Soviet Union um, apartment complexes, high-rises, concrete buildings. And so that was something that he mentioned. Um, and they did not like Brezhnev. They thought of him as a joke, as a buffoon. And um, speaking of those apartment complexes, um, you know, we met that one night, Chris and Chuck and I met this couple. And for whatever reason, Chris like befriended them and they wanted to take us to their apartment. And I was like, it's kind of weird. But anyway, we went and it's one of these crumbling down, you know, nondescript concrete part apartment buildings, you know, things are peeling off the wall on the inside, on the corridors. And, you know, it's like a hotel room kind of thing, you know, and you open the door and in their room, their, their apartment, it was like they had crown molding. They had modern appliances. The, the walls were plastered really nicely and he did something with customs, so he was getting, a, he was skimming money, he had access to money. And um, anyway, we spent the the night there. Um, they they had marijuana, so we smoked marijuana with them, and it was pretty funny. Like they just gone on a trip to Thailand, so these, you know, they had enough money where they could go on a vacation to Thailand. And this guy had about, I'm not kidding you, like hundreds of pictures out the window of the plane because it's the first time he'd ever been on a plane. So we were, he and his, wa- his wife was just cracking up and it was, it was kind of funny. And it was like he would show us picture after picture after picture after picture on, of, 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 the wind, of the view out the plane. <laughs> it's like the same view. Um, but uh, that was interesting. And then you know, Chris and Chuck and I kind of laughed as we said goodbye. We got in taxis to go to our various places. You know, We're like, this, this isn't real safe. But we made it. And um, other things I remember um, uh, went um, – well, two things come to mind. Um, I got robbed. So it was a scam. So um, I always carry my money in my left front pocket. So I have my rubles there. And I'm walking a few blocks from uh, the Kremlin um, to someplace I'm going to go to sign up for some tour or something. And um, this guy uh, walks from behind me, very cool, fast, very hurried, uh, kind of discombobulated, and maybe 20 yards in front of me drops a Ziploc uh, bag. And um, there was another guy who passed just behind him and kind of was walking alongside me. And he he says, hey, hey, hey. And I, I was kind of saying the same thing, like, hey, 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 you dropped something. So... Two of us are saying, hey, you dropped this bag. And this guy comes back, picks it up, and it's filled with money. And it's all kinds of, of uh, currencies. It's U.S. dollars. It's rubles. It's euros, etc. In, in big um, 
you know, wads. And he's like, picks it up. He's like, oh, thank you, thank you. And um, and uh, then he opens it up and he kind of looks at it. He's like, something indicates that it's not all there. And he kind of looks at us and, and asks us, like, points at me, like, you know, show me. And and the guy beside me, like, pulls out his wallet and he's like, you know, ah, I, you know, I don't have any of your money. And, and I start to pull out, start to pull out the money out of my uh, uh, pocket. I don't know, just as proof. And and then I think, that's stupid. Why am I doing that? And I so I don't. And um, anyway, then the guy, you know, was satisfied and he goes along his merry way. And um, me and this other guy continue. And and the guy's like, what an idiot. You know, I'm like, yeah, that was weird. And anyway, I get to my destination and um, I had a wad of cash. Well, when I get to my destination, my wad of cash was a smaller wad of cash. It was basically like the outer bills and like I might have had 20 bills. I only had two left. And I could not I could not believe it. I, I it didn't even occur to me that these guys had pickpocketed me. I mean, I, I just it, it, you just I didn't feel it at all. And not until a few days later, I'm walking around the Kremlin, and that same bag of Ziploc bag goes flying in front of my feet, <laughs> and I see the guy, different guys, different you know group. But I just yelled at him to you know get away from me, and you know I I should have picked it up and. Taken what they owe, what they owed me, but um, anyway, so that was interesting. And then one night, I was going out by myself, and um, I uh, heard about this place where women would just dance on the tables. You know, it'd be a wild party, and they'd take our, their tops off. And I thought, oh, that that sounds great. <laughs> so I go there, and as usually, I'm always too early. And, but I could tell that the women knew like the proprietor. So women would walk in and they kind of like pretended like they were just there. But it was obvious they worked there. And I'm like, well, this isn't legit. You know, even if they do take off their tops, it's not organic. That's what I wanted. And so anyway, um, eventually this woman comes in. She's a little older than the others. So I didn't think she was part of the scene. And, you know, but attractive, short brown hair and nice black dress and everything. But not too nice. And... Um, sits down next to me and we end up striking up a conversation, having a few drinks. And she's telling me about how she spends time in Spain and like she's hung out with that, um, uh, not Sting, but there's some song Sting has where this guy is singing like some Middle Eastern part, you know, whatever. She's like, yeah, I hung out with him, blah, blah, blah. And I ask her, um, so how, you know, what do you do? Because it's unusual for people in Russia to be able to travel even then, you know, just because they don't have money. And and I asked her, well, what do you do for a living, you know, that allows you to travel like that, to go to Spain for six months? And she uh, leans over and whispers in my ear and she says, I fuck men like you. <laughs> and I thought, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so... I'll never forget that. <laughs> but apparently I did forget that later in the night they had like some 200-pound w- women did some striptease to YMCA. I, I don't know how I, I, I've forgotten that. I worry about my memory. But um, anyway, um, enough of Moscow. I'm probably forgetting stuff, but it was very, very interesting. And um, then I flew to um, – or trained it to St. Petersburg and did the Hermitage. And I think I broke the land the, – the record. I uh, had a land speed record for going through the Hermitage. 
Um, and then I flew out of, um, oh, and that thing about the guy who, who I saw the accident, it was just, it was a statement in my opinion on the quality of life in Russia that, you know, someone dies in an accident and they don't even think to cover the body or, you know, they, it just, dude was just sitting there bent over the steering wheel dead. He'd been alive probably 10 minutes before, 20 minutes before, and now he's just sitting there dead. It was kind of jarring. Anyway, took a uh, Soviet airplane out of there and uh, was in Berlin, uh, and more on Berlin. Um, but, you know, the whole Russia thing was fascinating. I was always interested in the Soviet Union as a child because it was this whole different thing, and they weren't free, and how can there be two different systems in the world, and us versus them, and... So it was fascinating to be there and see the remnants of it and, and uh, talk to the people. And um, just kind of a summary story, when I was in uh, Kamchatka and uh, the guide at the end of it, he gave us all this local rock, volcanic rock, and I have it here sitting in my, uh, my where I have my desk. Um, and he said, you know, this is a token of our friendship because, um, you know, at one time we couldn't be friends and now we are. And so let's let's never remember that. Let's not forget, and let's always remain friends. And I thought it was a little dramatic. I thought, well, why wouldn't we be friends? You know, the Soviet Union has fallen apart. You know, we won. Well, of course we're going to be friends, you know. And, well, <laughs> he knew a little more than I did. Now here we are with uh, Putin trying to, you know, reestablish the Soviet Union. It just goes to show you in history, you know, there are certain forces that are bigger than individuals. There's reasons why there's an us versus them. There's a West versus the East, you know. So anyway, interesting. Uh, yeah, that was Russia.